Welcome to the Worshipped Woman Podcast. I am your host, Kelly Kristen. I am a life and relationship coach, deep healing facilitator, and subconscious change expert. On this podcast, we will dive deep into personal growth, transformation, and relationships, releasing patterns of toxicity, codependency, and people-pleasing as we explore what it means to be the worshipped woman. If you are ready to heal, embody your worth, and raise your standards in life and love, you are in the right place. I am so happy to have you here. Now, let's get started. Hello, sisters. Welcome back to the Worshipped Woman podcast. I am so grateful you are here. I'm so happy to be speaking to you. I did take a little hiatus from the podcast for quite a few weeks, just needing to reset my energy. I have been just diving into so many, so much client work. Um, Heal, Rise, Thrive program has been Oh, oh my God, it's, it has been absolutely incredible. I mean, I feel like each round, I I just, we go deeper, it gets better, it gets so much more impactful. I don't even know the magic that is created inside of this program. It's just, it's beyond me. It's the greatest thing that I have ever created, and I just feel so blessed and honored to be able to facilitate a program like that. If you don't know what Heal Rise Thrive is, it is my group program for toxic relationship recovery. If you are a woman who wants to heal from toxic relationships, break those old relational patterns and truly step into the thriving woman that you're meant to be, it's the place for you. I do have the waitlist open for the next round, which is going to be starting in January of 2022. I mean, can you guys actually believe it is about to be 2022? Where did 2021 go? And I know I'm skipping a little bit ahead because it's October right now, but still, it just it goes so fast, right? I mean, it's like Halloween, Thanksgiving, Christmas, New Year's. We're, we're practically in 2022 already, which is wild. But if you do want to get on the waitlist for that, I already do have an extensive waitlist building up. So if you're on it already, I do want to let you know to be expecting something from me uh, kind of like mid-November where it's going to be opening and I will start taking calls in December for the January program. I'm so, so excited for it. But today I am here to speak to you about something that I realized I had never explicitly spoke on the podcast about, which is crazy. And I want to get into something that I think is really, really important because it also can be kind of sneaky in your relationships and lead to uh, just a lot of problems. And what I'm talking about today is gas lighting. So this is a term that gets thrown around a lot. And my hope for you in this podcast is that you really learn what it actually is, some ways that you might be experiencing or have experienced gaslighting in the past, maybe some ways that you might be gaslighting yourself. And 
really, you know, some of the more subtle ways and the obvious ways, but definitely more subtle ways that you might not even realize it's what's happening until you already get into the phase where you're really confused, having a lot of self-doubt, feeling like, I don't really know what's going on anymore and kind of losing yourself in your relationships because that is what happens with gaslighting. So the overall kind of definition of gaslighting is a denial of your reality. So sometimes, and you can see with that, sometimes you could deny your own reality and sort of gaslight yourself, but gaslighting when it's done to you, when somebody purposely gaslights you, or even not on purpose, but somebody denies your reality to make you question yourself, to make you think, oh, maybe I don't really know what's going on here, or just to really make you feel crazy, that is gaslighting. Now, when we're speaking in context of toxic relationships, relationships with a narcissist or relationships with another person who is abusive, doesn't have to be a narcissist. Abuse is about power and control. Gaslighting is done on purpose as a manipulative tactic to really make you question your own perception of reality because it's a power play done by the person that is abusing right? When somebody, think about this, when somebody is confused, when they're questioning themselves, when they start to doubt themselves, uh, they are much easier to control and they're much easier than to continue to manipulate. And this inside of relationships, why it's really so harmful is because it's not something that is done, you know, in a day, It's not like, oh, you went from one day to being totally gaslit. It's usually developed over time. And you a lot of times aren't really aware that it can be happening. And so gaslighting, the term comes from, it was actually like a British play in, I want to say the 1940s or something like that, right? And it was actually the husband in this play kept turning down the gas lamps because lamps, they didn't have electricity. They were lit by gas, right? So he kept turning down the gas light. And then the wife would be like, are you, why is it dark in here? Did you turn down the lights? And the husband would be like, no, I didn't turn down the lights. And then he would keep doing it progressively over time, over time, over time until the woman started going crazy. And that was like the premise of it. So that's where the actual term gaslighting comes from, denial of reality. So oftentimes we think of gaslighting as blatant lying or denying things. And that is definitely gaslighting, right? Like somebody just, you catch somebody doing something and they're like, it, it wasn't me. I didn't do that, right? That is gaslighting. Or if you, you know, you know something that happened and somebody looks at you as like, that never happened, but you know that it did, that is gaslighting, right? That's to confuse you. That's to deny your reality. That's like textbook gaslighting. But there are more covert ways that we experience gaslighting and they will come to the same sort of effect, right? So I want to talk a little bit about that because they the gaslighting is a very damaging form of emotional abuse. And I want to make it clear to you that if you are in a relationship where you feel like gaslighting is going on already, maybe even hearing me talk a little bit about it, I want to make it very clear to you that is emotional abuse. It is not okay. And most of the time, the person doing it is doing it to 
purposely manipulate you to either have power and control over you or to not take responsibility for things that they're doing. So it's not a good thing. It's emotional abuse. And you really, really, really deserve emotional safety in your relationships. But let's go ahead and talk about some things that can happen that are gaslighting that you might not know about. The first thing I want to say is this. If you feel like you have conversations with somebody, and most of the time I talk about intimate partner relationships. However, this could be friendships. This could be with your family. Like there's gaslighting on a bunch of different levels. But if you feel like you're in a relationship with somebody and you think to yourself, I need to record this conversation. I wish I recorded this conversation. That ever goes through your head because they deny what they said. That is like number one clear indication you are being gaslit in your relationship. But again, the more subtle forms of gaslighting We're actually going to start these this time. I think I've said that like three times. But anyway, (laughs) stay with me. Stay with me. One is invalidating your feelings. And this is a big one. And this is something I see so often in the women that I work with. And oftentimes, how somebody invalidates our feelings is... One, saying something, if somebody says something to us like, oh, you shouldn't feel that way because this, 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 or this, that's invalidating your feelings. That is gaslighting. Now, that can happen. Sometimes people don't necessarily know that they're doing that. However, a person that is trying to manipulate you, control you, is going to invalidate your feelings and then tell you things like you're overreacting, tell you things like you're crazy. Maybe they try to form a pattern where they do something and then continually tell you that you're crazy, you're crazy, you're crazy. And then when you find out like, oh, actually this thing that I thought was happening that you kept telling me I was crazy about is actually happening. You find that out. Well, then it goes to you're overreacting. What's wrong with you? You're so sensitive. All of these are ways to invalidate your feeling. And the reasons that this is really sneaky is because oftentimes this happens in our intimate relationships. It also happened in our life, especially as women. We're often given the messages that our emotions are not right. We're overly emotional. We're too sensitive. Like these things that kind of just from living in a patriarchal society is what happens over time. So we can pick up the message even subconsciously already, right? If we're already feeling like, oh, I'm a woman, I'm a, I'm more emotional, or we have these stories that aren't necessarily true. They've been fed to us, though, for a really long time, so they're deeply embedded. If we have that story a little bit, and then we have somebody telling us, oh, you're being too sensitive, or you know, you're overreacting, you're this, you're that, and maybe our family did that to us as well, right? I know I personally don't come from a family where emotions were really all that accepted. It was kind of just like, you know, if you get hurt, like get up and get over it, right? Kind of thing. It wasn't like, oh, are you okay or anything like that. It was like, no, well, you're feeling this way, too bad. So that would make me or somebody like me, if you experience that, a little bit more susceptible to accepting this idea, oh, maybe I am crazy. Maybe I am overreacting. Maybe I am too sensitive. But I really want you to question if that is actually the truth or if somebody is just placing that on you in a way to minimize your feelings, invalidate your feelings, right? Another way that gaslighting can show up is when somebody projects their behavior onto you. So let's say that you question your partner in some way and 
for simplicity's sake, we'll just say something about, oh, you think that they're cheating on you and you question them in some way about it. They will, one, of course, deny it and then two, turn it back around you. So whatever it is that they're doing, they might just project it onto you and accuse you of all kinds of things, maybe provoked or not. Oftentimes it's provoked, but it can be unprovoked where they just all of a sudden start accusing you of things. And you might be like, what? This is coming out of left field. I have no idea what you're talking about. I don't give you any indication that this, this, or this would be going on. And then all of a sudden, you are defending yourself against the very thing that you were thinking in your head or knowing in your heart and in your intuition that was what was actually happening with them. And again, this leads to confusion. It leads to you feeling like, oh, am I doing something wrong here? When in actuality, this is them projecting their behavior onto you. Again, denying your reality, denying what you know, confusing you on purpose for manipulative purposes. Another thing that is quite common is using your vulnerabilities against you. Again, this is emotional abuse. That is incredibly abusive. If you open up yourself to somebody, you share things that maybe make you feel hurt, you share things that your family has done that made you feel unwanted or unloved or all of these things, whatever it is, and they use that against you, that is just some of the lowest of the low behavior and Gosh, I experienced this so much when I was in an abusive relationship. And what it does is it makes you feel, one, they try to, you know, initially they want you to open up to them so so you feel safe, so you feel comfortable. And then they use that against you to whatever your weakness is. Like, let's say you open up to them that, you know, maybe you never really felt loved in your family or something. They will use it against you in a way like, oh, that's why nobody loves you. Your family doesn't even want you or very hurtful things like that. And again, this is done on purpose to make you feel very badly so that you are easier to control. It's absolutely disgusting behavior. It's not right. It's abuse. Okay, it is abuse. You do not deserve that. You don't deserve any of this behavior. Another thing that is also gaslighting again, maybe not so obvious forms of gaslighting, is turning mutual friends against you, right? And then using that to say things like, everybody knows you're crazy. Like maybe you have a mutual friend and you, you know, they will bring the friendship into the conversation and say, uh, you know, even Jane knows you're crazy. She said you were crazy too, or everybody thinks you're crazy or all of these things, right? To help sort of validate when they're calling you crazy or they're trying to invalidate your feelings or whatever it is. People that you know also think you're crazy and they're on board with this idea. Now, something that happens that is kind of deeper into that is that a person that is very manipulative may even try to provoke you, do something very mean, do something very provoking that they know bothers you in front of your mutual friends so that your mutual friends can see you act in a way that might be blowing up, that might be out of character, that might look like you are X, Y, and Z, whatever, so that they then can say, 
hey, look, these people know that you're crazy too. Look what how you acted in front of them. It is you. You are the problem. Again, this is gaslighting. It is not okay. It is abuse, right? Because the problem here is that all of these behaviors make you feel like you are crazy. And over time, and this happens over time, subtly, you begin to believe the lies as truth. And then you learn not to trust yourself. So then you learn not to trust your reality. You doubt yourself. Well, it's much harder to leave a toxic relationship, even though you may know you need to go or you may know this is not good for you. It's much harder to leave when you are doubting your reality constantly because you don't know what's real. And then it's much easier to stay in a state of cognitive dissonance where you make up a fantasy reality that really feels better than your current reality. So it's very, very important that you understand what is happening. And then you have to get really clear. And this is something that I I suggest everybody to do when you feel like maybe you're experiencing cognitive dissonance. Maybe you are experiencing gaslighting in your relationship. I want you to actually get in the habit of writing things down that happen. Like what is actually going on? And when you are in a place where you're questioning your own reality, being made to question your own reality, you really do need to bring another person in. So if that is a therapist, great. If that is a coach that is well-versed in these things, because even therapists, if a therapist is not well-versed in toxic relationships, especially dealing with narcissists and things like that, Therapy oftentimes cannot be very effective. So it really does need to be somebody who is in the know about these things, whether because they specialize in it, they have personal experience with it, whatever it is. But I have seen a lot of people, you know, that come into my world saying, you know, my therapist just didn't get these things at all. And that's nothing against therapists because everybody is different, right? We all have our different specialties. But if you are dealing with this, it is important that you work with somebody who knows what is going on. Even if, say, let's say you are out there and you're like, no, I don't want to go to therapy. I don't have the money for a coach or whatever it is, friends, right? Friends that you can call and say, hey, like this is what's going on. Am I crazy? Does this seem normal to you? And this is important though. Be careful of who your friends are because I specifically remember at the time when I was in a very abusive relationship, I lost a lot of my friends that were I guess, a little bit more healthy because I was embarrassed because I was ashamed of what was happening in my life. I lost contact with them. Also, when you are in the situation that's abusive, oftentimes the abuser and the very toxic partner is not going to want you to be hanging out with friends that know who they are, want you to, you know, maybe start empowering you a little bit, right? So there's uh, different levels of manipulation that happen there. But I specifically remember having conversations with a friend of mine who was also in a very toxic and abusive situation, which I didn't even realize at the time. But we would kind of talk about things together and sort of be like, oh, well, I would I would leave the conversation being like, oh, my relationship's not that bad because hers sounds crazy, even though they were both fucking terrible. So you have to make sure that if it is a friend that you're speaking to somebody that will lift you up. You know, and I think about my friendships now and I think about how I treat my girlfriends now. And it's like 
I love them so much. I lift them up. I'm like, you're amazing. You're beautiful. If somebody's not treating you this way, they cannot be in your life. And that is the kind of friend that you need. If you don't have that, find some people online, maybe support groups of some kind. I mean, you can even go to like, you know, what's that codependent anonymous uh, CODA program or something like that, where you can actually get people in a community that might be experiencing similar things as you. But if you are experiencing a relationship that's really making you question your reality, making you question your sanity, you need outside help. You need outside support. You will not be able to do it alone. And that's not to say, oh, you're weak or anything like that. But we are humans. We need each other. And that is totally okay. That's okay. You got to have support. You deserve support. And I'm going to say this again. I don't know how many times I've said it, but this is abuse and you do not have to take it. You do not have to live with it. You deserve so much better. Emotional safety is literally like number one of what an intimate relationship should provide for you and should be for you. It should be a place where you can safely show up in your feelings, safely show up hey, I'm having this issue. Hey, I, I notice that you're doing this, this, and this. Is everything okay? And not have it be a blow up, not have it be in something that somehow turns around on you like you did something wrong. Emotional safety, you should be able to show up as you are and be accepted as you are in your relationships. That is bare minimum, bare minimum, okay? You are not crazy for wanting basic decency and basic respect in your relationship. And you deserve so much more than that. And that is going to be it for me today. If you loved this episode, please leave a five-star rating and review on the podcast. That would really mean so much to me as it helps other people see it that need these kinds of messages, that need this kind of education, really, because it's something that, you know, we don't often get the real, real of what's going on. Also, if you know another sister that needs to hear this, I ask that you please please share it. I love you guys so much and I'll talk to you soon.